Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano. And with me, as always, with a little bit of a spicy cough, it's Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes. Hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. This episode is brought to you by Vicks, Buttermenthol, and a lot of H2O. So do apologize if you hear any coughing or anything. I'll try and mute it out, but I have been fighting the man flu for the last few days and hopefully get through tonight's episode, Dano, because there is a lot to talk about. Yep, there is. Anyway, we'll move on to the weekly winner. And that was Vinny with the Orange team again. What a fucking mad lad. And he got 2,798, Pato. Well, who did he have? Yeah, absolutely ridiculous round of scoring, Dano. Um, had Sisdog and Sinclair in in defense. Um, had Weddle on his bench, which is pretty nutty for a 114. Um had most of his midfielders go off for over a hundred. Um, Marshall and English in Rock, Dunkley, Butters was a big one. Rosie, just yeah, all round uh, massive week for the Orange team. Yep, yep, good. Anyway, injuries and suspension time. I might rattle these off, Pato, so then you don't have to talk as much and cough all over the place. So, in rapid fire, mate, we got Clayton Oliver. The one on everyone's lips with a hammy. Three to four week uh, weeks, they reckon, but they got him as TBA. So. Anyway, he was doing some training, and we can talk about that a bit later. Marcus Bontempelli, uh, knee, listed as a test, played through it, should be okay. Maybe a little bit hampered, but who cares? It's a bond. Um, Josh Kelly, hamstring, three to four weeks. He's fucked. Um, Blake Drury, hip to be advised with him. That's fucking shit. Jason Johannes in eight to ten weeks. Does that mean Bailey Dale goes all right? We can discuss. And Peter Laddam's ankle. Fucking nasty shit, but McAndrew? Question mark. That's our injuries and suspensions, Pato. Yeah, a couple that will really get people. Um, Kelly and Oliver, the obvious ones, and hopefully not too many people out there have both, but I have a feeling there will be a few that will. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to some, can we even call them rookie trade-ins anymore, Pato, the ones that we're fucking flogging off? Uh, yeah, not really, but we're, these are the low-break-even guys. Yeah, okay, so Bailey Humphrey, 285k, minus 54 break even, <laughs> 57 average, as Pato just has a cheeky sneeze there. Uh, <laughs> he's got an inflated score, uh, but like we said with his eye test, he looked the goods and he cracked 100 again, so great for the buyers. Um, sounds, yeah, he's got- sounds crazy, Dano. Uh, he's gone up 100k already, but I still feel like he's got a lot more money to make and he will score well through the buyers, which um, a lot of people need. So sounds crazy, but I think this is the number one trade-in option in terms of the cheaper guys to make money, and he'll make pretty quick cash as well because he's playing a really good role. Yeah, the only thing is it's for a lot of people, it's going to be a sideways or even technically upgrading some of their rookies to him at 285K. Mm. Yeah, but he'll make cash, so. You know who is going to make cash? Josh Weddle at 230K. Listed in defense, minus 47 break-even, 68 average. When we said, when um, CJ was out and whatnot, that one of Sisdog or Weddle will pop off. They both ended up popping off. Um, but yeah, Weddle, good shit. Like that. Yeah, unfortunately won't get to play West Coast uh, every week. So I think his scoring will probably come down a little bit, but he's playing a really, really attractive role. And CJ's apparently going to miss two or three. So I don't mind it still as a trade, even though, again, he has made about 100K. Yeah, yeah. Now, this one's interesting. So it's Cam Fleeton from the Giants, 123K defender, minus 20 break-even, 46 average. So his VFL scoring hasn't really translated to the AFL yet, but Haynes and Himmelberg concussed, so they have to wait this week so he's going to play the other thing is phil davis just got injured who's really the only other key position defender in the vfl that could come in and take fleet and spot and he's out for four weeks so lecalier and all them are all injured really cam fleeton's he's he's sound in defense for at least another few weeks he's not even really a key position defender is he dano isn't he mid-sized yeah, yeah, he's a, he he's an intercept marker. They were very small in defence when Himmelberg and Haynes went down. So yeah, 
we might finally see uh, your man, Dano. Oh, let's let's keep it to for waiting in the wings because I'm going to fucking pump the shit out of him. Anyway, <laughs> Kane Baldwin, who apparently no one is talking about, according to some bloke on Serious Supercoaches Group, uh, 172K forward, minus 37 break-even, 68 average, played key defense, but they got guys coming back. I'm not about it. What about you, Pato? Yeah, unfortunately, with the Laverde news where he will likely return this weekend, i not as big of a fan as I was earlier in the week. He was um, a guy that I was really looking at bringing in this week, but I'm off him now, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, we've got some guys or three guys that have only played one game and just want to discuss them. And the first one is a bloke that I was chatting to you about, Pato, and I was trying to figure out how many fucking sub-affected games he's had. And... Ends up being not that many. So what looked to be a really fucking genius pick, it could be a genius one. We just need more data. And that is Eddie Ford, 123K forward uh, for North Melbourne, minus 54 break even. He clocked up a 102. Um, He played across the wing and whatnot, had 20-plus disposals. Um, Yeah, I want to see him on that wing again because all of the previous data we've had is him playing up forward and he's had some really low scores, but then he's had one random 80. There's a bit of a strange one because it took for Clarko to get on indefinitely for him to uh, come into the team as as a full-blown player. And he got 20-odd touches and certainly got up the ground into, as you said, a wing role, Dano. And mm. the guy's 21, so it's not like he's 18. Um, so it is a an exciting prospect, and, and it's the price rookie that we really need at 123K. Yeah. Um, but just as we mentioned last week like, and the week before, going early on these guys can really backfire. We've only got to look at Blake Drury to understand that, especially with these North rookies, uh, we have to give him another week. I think, actually, I'm going to contradict myself and say that the other North rookie is um, a really attractive early trade-in if I was going to choose one <laughs> of the three. Yeah. Um, but for very different reasons. That other North rookie is George Wardlaw, at 193K, he's a midfielder, minus nine break-even, 85 average. He showed that shin bone of spirit, Pato. He looks so old school. he got the black boots. He's got the standard fucking normal-ass office job haircut. He looked like he was out of the fucking 80s, and he played like it too. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't catch much of this game at all, Dano. Um, this was Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, I was on my way into the footy. We won't talk about that. Um but what made him look so good was the midfield role. Um, mm. And that's obviously very attractive. Um, and he's an inside ball. And, like, that's that's really attractive for super coach scoring. And scored 85. Went off with a knock as well. Dano, I believe. Um, he actually came comes up against, Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually comes up against Collingwood this week, which sounds like a really daunting matchup. But Collingwood do give up bulk points to midfielders. Because um, they they really don't give a fuck what the opposition does because they just back themselves in to to win the game. So again, um, I, I would be yeah. giving him one more week because injuries absolutely do happen. But he's got him in on everyone's radar um, for next week. Don't know. The only awkward thing is if all three of these early bubble guys do pop off this week and look like must haves. Um, it's hard to justify a triple downgrade in the first buy round, Dano. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love the look of him. I test past it with flying colours. We'll move on to Lockie McAndrew from Sydney. 123K ruck slash forward, minus five break even, got a 53. We mentioned him because Laddams going down might create some form of opportunity for Lockie McAndrew. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts there, Pato? Yeah, he had 20 CBAs um, for that score of, what was it, 50-odd, 60-odd? Yeah. Um, which certainly doesn't knock anything out of the park, don't I? He was playing against Goldie, um, which you give him a little bit of a pass mark for. Um, the only thing that sucks, and I look at my team and I've got uh, Marshall and Sean Darcy, is that McAndrew has the same buy, so he won't even give me that cover for that bye week where they both miss. Um, but as a ruck forward, it gives you pretty decent um, coverage. Now, he plays Carlton, who typically restrict ruckmen pretty well, um, then he has his buy. So I think I think this is a wait and see as well. We look at him in two weeks' time um, where he actually has Brisbane, West Coast, Geelong. So it doesn't look too bad. 
Okay, Pato. Favorite segment of them all, waiting in the wings time. Who do you think we're going to talk about first? I want to get one name out of the way quickly. Pato, he's he's off on a coughing fit. So I'm actually going to start off with his favorite. He's going to. I'm going to start off with your favorite player in the world, Pato. That's Charlie Constable. Because everyone on Twitter keeps absolutely going ham about how Charlie's cracking 30 disposals a game. So he's got 30 disposals, 17 kicks, 13 handballs, seven marks, eight tackles, one goal for pretty much a hundred. If we, if we talk, it feels weird talking about Dream Team or whatever, but for 130 Dream Team. So got to chuck him in there. Um, yeah. James Titas also for... The only... Sorry, yeah. Dono. The only thing is that... We, he's been playing midfield in the VFL, and that's where he's putting up all his numbers. Like, who does he knock out of that midfield group? Um, it's obviously not Raul. It's obviously not Anderson. Um, as a Humphrey owner, I hope it's not him. No, nah, it won't be. Swallow, I can't see them dropping Swallow. Like, an nah. overall club guy, um, he ain't getting dropped. And then it's Davies, who really is just a winger that, that gets a few CBAs. So... Hard to see how he cracks into the team. Um, they, they're actually playing all right as well. I know they got beaten by 40-odd against Brisbane, but Brisbane are fucking good, especially at the Gabba. So, hmm. yeah, I think we all just have to keep our fingers crossed and hope that he plays at least one or two games so we can get 80K out of him. Yeah. James Sitas uh, kicked three goals in the VFL, 18 disposals. Uh, he had three marks and five tackles. So they're the two Gold Coast boys I wanted to highlight quickly there. Now, Pato. How how much do I love this bloke that I'm about to talk about? <laughs> Everyone how, listening. How fucking much? So, Josh Faye playing on the wing. They're like, we want him to get used to the role. That was from all the reports. Every week, he's increased his disposal count again. So, he was averaging, what, 34 to 36 playing off halfback. They're like, no, nah, you're not going to crack the senior side with that. We'll play on the wing. Each week, he's... Increased, and this week he got 42 disposals, 25 kicks, 17 handballs, 14 marks, three tackles. The fuck? (laughs) So, please, someone put him into the AFL team, not only for the Giants' sake, but for us super coaches, because we are screaming out for an absolute slutty pig in defense, and he can be that for us, Pato. Yep, he can, and we fucking need him as well. Yep. Agreed, agreed. Uh, We'll move on to Brisbane, and he's only played one good game so far, but Jasper Fletcher, 27 disposals, 12 marks, three tackles, and kicked two snaggeroonies. So just had to give him a shout-out for that one. Um, Don't really see too much happening, although I want to give a shout-out to Loman for the Lions. Kicked seven goals, one, 21 disposals, nine marks, one tackle. Solid outing. Um, Moving on, which could have some implications for the... Top side. So we got Taryn Thomas uh, kicked one goal, had 26 disposals, eight tackles. So solid there by old mate. Um, the other thing is, and I wanted to bring this up, is young Harvey from North Melbourne. So previously, he'd kicked four goals, one from th- 13 disposals, 10 kicks, five marks, one tackle. And then he's come out a couple of weeks later with five goals, Pato. Five goals straight, 20 disposals. Six marks. So he could be one that might push for Drury's spot, is what I'm thinking. Do we know anything about him, though, Dano? Uh, just North fans just keep mentioning bring up Harvey. They they mentioned okay. it a few weeks ago, so I've been keeping a close eye on him. So He's a 21-year-old that was drafted in 2020, so I suppose... Actually, no, that's Eddie Ford. Don't mind me. <laughs> I don't Good think Harvey... Actually, I'm pretty sure Harvey was... The, the draft has gone on the one before. Yep. Yeah, no, he's a he's an eighteen year old. Yeah, hundred eighty centimeters. Yep. No. Thanks. Oh, yeah, but he's, he's in, a high, he's a hybrid midfielder forward, and they always talk about his clean hands and whatnot. And so it's obviously showing signs. If you kick nine goals across two games in the VFL, Pato, I think it was nine goals one. Yeah, but I look at some of these names like Kane Turner, Taron Thomas, Ben Cunnington, Charlie Lazaro, Curtis Taylor. Who aren't putting up these numbers? Uh, yeah, they're just putting up 30-plus games. No, they're not. Turner had 18 disposals. Yeah, well, Turner's One shit. goal. You just spoke about him, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Taylor, 23 disposals. Harvey's had 20 disposals and kicked five goals. A quarter of his fucking disposals were, fought, were goals, Pato. 
half yeah, of his kicks, half of his kicks resulted in goals. Like I just, I just feel that he he's knocking on the door. I just want people to be aware he's knocking on the door. Move on, uh, Sydney Swans. We've got Warner, um, not Chad, obviously his brother. Twenty six disposals, one goal, uh, five tackles, four marks. So he did pretty good there. Um, fucking keep. I feel like a broken record with this bloke. Jack Bytel. Lewis <laughs> Malikan played. Um, worth noting, could come in. Yeah, but Jack Bytel, 36 disposals. I hope he's not going to be that bloke that's like way too good for the VFL but doesn't crack it in the AFL. Like we know he can play at the AFL level. They just don't give him a fucking run. Yeah, just just needs an opportunity. Um, still sitting, rotting on my bench, Dano. Yeah, and then another one that's rotting in the VFL at the moment. Um, I've mentioned him a few times. Wade Dirksen of the Giants kicked three goals, three um, from 14 disposals, nine marks. Um, he's like an Ash Johnson type. So, yeah, and unfortunately, the Sandful and the Waffle didn't play, so all I've got his VFL stats. So that's waiting in the wings, Pato. Very good. Yeah. Moving on. So, uh, by the way, I want to <laughs> tell everyone not... On the run sheet, Pato goes waiting in the Charlie phase. Because <laughs> all we talk about every week is Charlie Constable. I'm, Josh I'm glad you noticed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Anyway, should we? we'll do a quick discussion because we're way ahead of time at the moment, Pato. Um, with Clayton Oliver, people are saying, do they trade or do they hold? What is your thoughts? Because I feel like if you've got him, you realistically should hold. He's got the buy rounds coming up. It's going to be the best 18 players. And he could return earlier, like especially if he's running the way he is at training. What are your thoughts? Uh, I feel like this is super awkward because Melbourne are giving out such mixed messages where they'll say they'll be conservative, but then they'll say that, oh, it's a short-term injury or like people are saying that he was running at training. Like, I don't know how true that is. Um, it's a real tough one because like we've seen teams come out and say four weeks, but then like Tom Stewart and um, Sam Doherty, they just returned much earlier than that, even Max Gorn. Mm. So it's hard, though, because, I mean, I I love what uh, the squad father does, Abs Magic, um, but he says that you can easily hide him during the buys, and I couldn't disagree more. Like, I feel like it's more important, this decision, because of the buys. Mm. Because if you're relying on Oliver to get 18 players... You're not replacing him with a Drury to get twenty. You're replacing him with um, a Matt Johnson who might not play, or a Matt Park. Uh, not Matt Parker. Um, the Sydney bloke, Matt Roberts, is it? No, I can't fucking remember. Yeah, Matty Roberts. But yeah, like you're you're not replacing him with someone that's actually playing. So I feel like, and it, and also depends on your trade situation. It depends on your rank as well, um, and just what your buy situation looks like. So. I if I own I don't own Clayton Oliver, luckily. Um but I feel like it's a trade out day now. What do you reckon? Like I said, I think you gotta hold him. I reckon you can hide him through the buys. I feel like people need to upgrade more because you're gonna trade out Clayton Oliver. You're gonna trade him back in again. And as someone who's already traded people out, then traded them back in again, Pato, it's fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I'm speaking as someone that's barely gonna scrape through for round twelve, so it might just depend on what your round twelve looks like. Because mm-hmm. he has the round 14 buy, so he wasn't going to play that anyway. And I say he plays round 15. Yeah. So it probably all depends on that round 12 buy. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on. So we'll start off with the Defender Primos. And there's one on this fucking list, Pato, that I'm eyeing the fuck out of because of the price point, And we'll talk about him shortly. So first one is Jack Sinclair, 537K, 103 average, 14% owned, 83 break even. Got that slutty 160-odd last round. Defensive role, fucking looks shit hot. Looks like he's back, baby. But round 12 buy. What do you reckon? Yeah, look, honestly, it's probably a wait, um, even though he plays Hawthorne this week. With a break-even of 83, I think you'll wait till post-buy to bring him in. Um, honestly, even though he plays Sydney straight off that buy. But I think you just um, hold off, but he's got to be on your radar if you're looking for a defender. Yep. Now, this next week... I feel like it's one of the biggest VC options if you can this week. I don't know what day he fucking plays, but it better be early. And that's James Sicily. 554K, 105 average, 25% owned, 49 break even. Back-to-back 134s, and he's playing the Saints, who like to do what, Pato? Yeah, that's a that's the second game of the round, by the way. Um, but, yeah, they give up 
ridiculous points. They gave up to 180 to Jack Siebel and just let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. And Sicily will probably do very, very similar things. Yeah. I'm... They also they also let um, the fake Primo get about <laughs> 165 in round one. So <laughs> Where are you going to let that go? I'm not because he's, <laughs> he's proven to be a fake Primo now. Finally. Okay, well... Whatever. Sam Doherty, 538k, <laughs> 98 average, 6% owned, 79 break even. It feels weird saying Sam Doherty, 6% owned, Pato. Yeah, and what a shame that he has that round 15 buy because at that price point, um, he's now shown enough post-injury. Like He's got a four-round average of, what, 105, 110, something like that. I'm doing that quick math in my head. So Quick math. Um, looks primed. Um, just playing behind the ball has actually really affected Adam Saad as well. Uh, but, yeah, it just has a shit bite. Yeah, yeah. Pato keeps muting himself, by the way, people. That's why he keeps cutting off his wording. Um, he's probably going into a coughing fit right now. Now, the next bloke, I this is what I've been waiting for from him, and that's Bailey Dale. So Bailey Dale at 447k, 87 average, 2% owned, 28 break even. Cheap as chips. And he had like 36 disposals, nine marks last round. And he's, I, this was a bloke that I was contemplating starting in my team. And I'm glad I didn't. But at the same time, like, dude should have been popping off. 28 disposals the week before, Pato. He's, he's getting the pill. Um, and then what did he get against the Giants really quickly? Because I didn't look that far back. Um, 59. Uh, yeah, he went poo. He only got 15. But the last two weeks, but, uh, <laughs> he's been pretty, pretty solid. So I'm I'm thinking with JJ out and whatnot, Bailey Dale is going to be the man. And at 447K, that's just juicy as fuck. So this is another round 15 buy, unfortunately. But I'll give Habs oh. magic. Yet another shout out here because he went into a bit of a deep dive on what his role has been and he went into heat maps and everything like that. So I urge you to check that out because we're not going to go into it too much. <laughs> Sorry, but basically he's been playing left half back flank, uh, which is obviously more suited to the left footers. But Caleb Daniel has moved into a midfield role. So it's like Bailey Dale was covering that flank that a left footer should be in. Mm. Jason Johannesson went down in the second. And, uh, round three uh, in the third quarter against Adelaide, and we've seen a spike score in 141, and his heat bat moved back towards the right-hand flank, where he's going to get a lot more of the footy, less handballs and more kicks, because obviously you're a right-hand side. So it makes a lot more sense with him saying it without um, trying to hold off coughing, um, but I, I really like the price point, and if you are strapped for cash and you're not too bad in that round 15, buy. Um, Bailey Dale is, I think, a really great option. Upgrade cadence, you would say, Pato. Yeah, like if you're selling a farm just to try and get to a, a Jack Sinclair or a James Sisley this week, um, especially if you're going an Oliver and a rookie to two primos, I think Bailey Dale ticks the boat as a primo. Um, it's just how many of Sinclair, Sisley, Doherty you have because – Dale could be competing against one of those three guys as a D5 or D6, and I'm backing those other three guys, but I think Bailey Dale does have upside. Yeah, 100, Especially the price. 107K less than Sicily, but Sicily can pop off, but so can Dale. Uh, midfielder's time, Pato, and his fellow Western Bulldogs uh, teammate, Libba, at 629K, 119 average, 6% owned, 93 break-even. We've had some of our listeners start him and... They have not looked back, and he's been the POD of this one of the PODs of the season, Pato. Um, yeah, he's just popping off, and he's only had one score below 100 for the year. Yeah, um, flying well under the radar as well. Um, this could even be a nice little short-term play if you've got the trades where you can just bring Libba for a month, um, and then at the round 15 buy, you just flick Libba straight off to back to Oliver, and I don't think you'll lose much money in that, so... It's a nice little POD short-term play if you've got the chase to play with. Uh, but, yeah, the scoring speaks for itself. Yeah. I'm really liking Rory Laird, though. 597K, 111 average, 25% owned, 99 break-even. Fucking back to his best. And, like, he's lost, what, 107K? 107K? Something like that. Yeah, so he's bargain. Bargain for what he can produce. Yeah, great value. Um, we saw Vintage Laird on the weekend. Um, round 14 buy, so if that's not looking too bad for you, 
um, is at least got a fairly attractive buy. Um, yeah, under 600K, I think that's insane value for what we know he can do. Yep, yep. Zachy Merritt, 582K, 110 average, 9% owned, 76 break even. Fucking stud last week. He's got, what, West Coast this week? Will he get tagged, Pato, by O'Neill? Yeah, they've been using O'Neill as a tagger. Um, I hope not because they tagged Will Day for three quarters and they got beaten by 4,000 points to the bottom <laughs> of the team in the ladder. So hopefully they just say, well, we've got to try and do something different um, and just let mm. Zach Merritt do as he pleases, like what Richmond did um, for a nice 162. I hope you jumped on the captain like I did because it was a no-brainer. You know what fucking sucked, Pato? I did not. And what sucks about it is I was tossing up between Neil and Merritt and then I missed lockout and I couldn't pick either. Oh, no. <laughs> but I I ended up going with um, Raul Marshall instead, who at least cracked the ton, I guess. Just wasn't as sexy as... to 120, didn't he? Yeah, it just wasn't as sexy as Zach Merritt or Lockie Neal. <laughs> Only Matt Flynn played, he would have got a 160. Oh, I tell you what. Actually, you know what? We got no rucks in this. Can I just quickly make a comment on Briggs? Go on, then. Go on, then. So, Kieran Briggs, right? Like, no no one's going to bring him in. He's like 254K or some shit like that. People don't realize how big this motherfucker is, Pato. And people don't realize he's added size on. And this is from a bloke that ragdolled Tom Hawkins in the ruck, what, last year or the year before or some shit? And he's added on size. So, yeah. Anyway, I think Briggs is going to keep that um, ruck one position after that game. Um, he's done a lot more in that one game that Flinney has for a lot of the year. So, I yeah, if anyone the wants thing, to do a YOLO. The thing is, they've still got Proust to come back. Now, I don't know what he's listed at. TBC. Uh, he's, he's yeah. back's fucked. His yeah. back's so, fucked. maybe you just see at the... Uh, might be a decent POD play. And, like, yeah, in, I'm in my draft league. Um, one of the guys that's won, I think, three of ours in like the last eight years or nine years or whatever it's been. Might even be year 10, fuck. Um, he was looking for a ruck and I said, one of your, uh, the ruck that you want to make a play for is in the pool. And he goes, yeah, I already picked him up and it was fucking Briggs and he cracked the ton. So yeah, I, I like Briggles. I like Briggles a lot. Um, there's one more bloke. And do I, I was, we were tossing and turning about whether to include him in the run sheet, Pato. Well, there's still four more midfielders on the run sheet, but you want to talk about your guy? Yeah, why not? Actually, no, we'll talk about him last. Um, so we'll go oh, to Andy Brayshaw, 572K, 101, 101 average, 13% owned, 106 break even. I'm still, I still reckon he's a flat track bully, Pato. I mean, he's had one, well, he's had two, he's only had four 100s, which is a bit strange. Mm, yeah. I reckon. I reckon he does well this week against Melbourne, though. He's got a good history against them. Yeah, no. I'm not about him. But if you brought him in at, like, the 530K mark or whatever it was, good on you. But, yeah. Jack Steele, Pato. 532K, 97 average, 7% owned, 86 break even. Looked fucking good. Looked fucking good. Is he back? Yep, I think he's back. Yep, I think he's back, too. I really want him to be back. He's in my team. (laughs) I really want him to be back. Yeah, 11, ta- 11 tackles, um, which is always a really good indicator, Dano. Yeah. Um, but that shoulder is doing okay. So, yeah, back in the middle, couldn't get subbed out. And, um, yeah, got a nice 135 against the Giants and hopefully beats up on the, the Hawks this weekend. That's what I'm hoping. we got Warner and Parker both on here, Pado, uh, for the Swannies with Mills being out. So Warner at 530K, Parker at 540K, both 113 average. Um, which, to be honest, I wouldn't have expected from Parker. Um, both went 130-plus on the weekend without Millsy. So which one, or both, or neither, Pato? They're averaging about the same. Um, they're priced at about the same. That's why I lumped them in together. Yeah. Um, they do have the round 12 buy, which makes it awkward bringing him in this week, but they do play Carlton this week, so might be a cheeky, nice score before having a week off. Um, but again, like... What what role is Mills going to play when he's back? So are they going to be long-term players or are they just going to be four- to six-week players until Mills is back? So, I don't know, worth talking about at the price point, but I think Steele's probably the better option. Yeah, yeah. Now, the bloke that we were... <sighs> I'm just going to say, in last week's podcast, the really cool messages that came in, Pato, saying how we like to 
pluck out some interesting blokes to for discussion, and I think this is one. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Ollie Wines is at 443K or 443.500, and his last two scores have been a 93 and then a 110 against Melbourne. He looks great. He's got a break even of 51. It'd be a massive YOLO bringing him in for like that last mid spot um, because realistically that's what you'd be doing, his last mid spot or even... If if you've got the trades up your sleeve, thinking about him as the your fucking first bench spot for mid. There's one thing I noticed about him, Pato. So he had across his first eight games. So we've had played ten games, obviously. Across his first eight games, he only had twenty tackles in total. In his last two games, which we've seen a spike in his scoring, he's had twelve. So he has essentially gone from averaging two point five tackles a game to now averaging six tackles a game. I. He also looked like he was running better. And like you, as as you were talking about, he might have been carrying an injury or something like that. We we forgot about preseason and how he had that, uh, what was it, like the issue where he was like knocked about and he couldn't train and whatnot. I feel like that it, it, he's had what I think is three consecutive games in a row. Uh, even though it's only just over 70% game time, the two previous games before that, those three games were in the 60s. So I feel like he's building and... Everyone's focusing on Rosie and Butters, and everyone's forgetting about the fact is Ollie Wines is a Brownlow medalist, and he is a fucking bull, and a bull that wasn't tackling much, and now the bull that is tackling much, or tackling a fair bit, I should say. And he's still getting in the 20-odd disposal range, and his disposal, it's funny thing is his disposal against Melbourne was only 69%, but before that went up into the 80s, and then previous to that was just ultra shit. So he's cleaned up his disposal, increased his tackle numbers, and he's playing 70-odd percent game time. I feel The more I talk about it, the more I actually am considering bringing him in. What are your thoughts? Because I know you're going to try and talk me out of it. But what are your thoughts? See, here's my problem, Dano. Yeah. All year, basically, Port Adelaide have ran a very egalitarian midfield rotation where all of their midfielders – excluding rucks, are getting 10 to 15 to 18 sort of CBAs. And he, yeah, and he's only getting 13-odd. And Rosie and Butters are actually good forwards. Ollie Wines can't play anywhere but CBA. Yeah, yeah. And so when, unless when I people... see a huge uptick, I think, um, yeah, I, I, look, I like the thinking, but it's not for me. The thing about the CBAs thing is that if his game time on ground percentage was higher, he'd be getting more CBAs. I didn't really do a calculation to see percentage of CBAs to game time, like what that looks like. Um, but yeah, I'd, I just won't be surprised if he comes out and starts cracking those hundred marks more consistently now. And it's going to be shit. He's also got the, he's also got the round 15 buy. Uh, fucking round 15 buy. Like everyone. <laughs> uh, actually, what is my round? I'm going to quickly look at my round 15 buy because I haven't. Oh, I got a Shit out, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen players. You got that many playing around fifteen? Yeah, but I excluded um the ones that aren't gonna play like Bytel and Constable. Interesting. Actually, did I exclude him? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. 18, yeah, I exclude, yeah, I've got Davey in there too. Yeah, my round 15's fine. Interesting. This is what happens when you just trade and not give a fuck about buys and then everything kind of just works out. <laughs> yeah, but where's your shit? <laughs> Hang on, my, I think my round 12 buys my shit one. <laughs> yeah, my round 12 buys my shit one. Oh, well. So I need, need to- Sinclair and shit. No, Sinclair's got the round 12 buy. Oh, right, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, so I might I might need to bring in a Bailey Dale. Okay, Pato. So I've got a little live update for you on two things while we're recording this podcast. One of them is Caleb Sarong, as we are recording, um, has been put on light duties at training, apparently. Um, make of that oh, what you will. Oh, uh, Probably will play. He's training assume. a little bit lighter than his teammates, Dano. Yeah, so I still think he'll probably play. Light duties, you know. But anyway, the other one is Tom Bellchambers just knocked the fuck out of Cam Mooney. <laughs> knocked him the fuck oh, out. I know that was tonight for charity. 
Yeah, he knocked him the fuck out, though, in a charity match. Shit. Shit. Um, yeah, so forward line, don't have too much. Um, we've got three blokes that we want to discuss, a little bit out there. Yeah, no one's really looking for forwards. Yeah. First one's Darcy Cameron, 495K, 98 average, 5% owned, 134 break even. He's got North and West Coast coming up. Um, yeah, and... It was main rucking against, obviously, Carlton with Pittnet being a very restrictive ruck. So it helped him not jump up too much money, um, which is what we were afraid of. Um, and he came on. He wasn't even named in the fucking team, Pato. And then they did one of those switcheroos, uh, which um, I put forward to my mates when I saw the AFL change the definition of um, putting players into the the starting 22. So I think the ruling was that you can actually name a sub from the starting 22. And that's exactly what they fucking did, Pato. They had, yeah, didn't they have so Ginevan in the starting 22 and then they named him sub and yep. brought Darcy Cameron in. So I don't know how many podcasts have actually covered that. I just saw it in an article and the way that the AFL explained it and it pissed me off. And I'm pretty sure I sent it to you and the other boys. And I was like, this is not going to be good for fantasy footy. In the slightest. And yeah, especially adds, given yeah. rat, rats like fucking Chris Scott a chance to even more make late changes. Yeah, so uh, we finally saw Collingwood do it, and it's completely within the rules, and I just hope it doesn't continue um, because then we're fucked. And it fucked people up because a lot of people were going to bring in Darcy Cameron last week. Good thing is he didn't score that highly, um, but they would have got him at, like, what, 450K or whatever it was, Pato. Yeah, but it's meant that his break even's ballooned out to 134. So yeah. you can even wait one more week on him, Dano, and bring him in before a nice juicy matchup against uh, Bailey, Williams, and West Coast. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'd, yeah wait a week, wait a week. Um, Shea Bolton, Pato, 543K, 93 average, 6% owned, 80 break even. He's got a five-round average of 112 and a three-round average of 128 since moving to the midfield full-time, but... As we know, Dimmer just left don't coaching. Say no, don't say it. It's too soon. It's too I'm, soon. I'm, I'm sorry, but this adds a whole new dimension to it. Caretaker coach comes in. Do, does he play Shea Bolton in the guts? And the other thing, which is something that I wanted to talk to you about, was these DPPs. Because um, Hopper was out, like Jaden Short played more mid, he's now in line to not get defensive status because he's on 34% now. It's stuff like that. So yeah. these new coaches coming in, um, I think Sammy Walsh was another one. He played 90-odd percent mid-time, and he, and now he, I don't think he's in line for midfield, uh, sorry, forward status and Petrarca as well. So Shea Bolton, this is where I'm linking it. Shea Bolton, under Dimmer, was played, what, the last five weeks in the middle. Who's to say he's not going to get his role changed back to up forward under this caretaker coach? Yeah, I don't think McWalter's going to want to change too much. Um, he's worked very closely with Demar since 2017 when he um, joined as his right-hand man. But um, all it takes is a simple change of, oh, let's get Trent Cochin back in there and try and do do better because, like, mm-hmm. he's fighting for a job as well. Like, McWalter is probably a candidate. Um, they'll interview a lot of people for it, but if he does well in, in as caretaker, like, he's, he's a chance. So... Um, he could move Cochin, he could move Prestia, um, yep. obviously Taranto, like that could be the main midfield group this week, uh, even Dusty. Um, we know mm-hmm. how good he is as a midfielder. So um, I agree. Now, I did the run sheet before the news, um, back when life was a lot lot more peachy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think there's a wait and see now. Um, just see what the role is against Port Adelaide and then um, have, a, have another look next week before playing the Giants. Now, for our listener, Luke, this next bike I actually did bring in last week is a big YOLO, and I'm keeping him in my team because he actually passed the eye test for me. That's Nat Fife. He's now 243K. We're not going to worry about his average. 5% owned, 64 break even. So he got a sub-affected 49, so he got subbed out in around 50% game time. He's playing in the middle and partially up forward. Um, missed a really fucking easy shot on goal though, Pato. Fucking frustrating. And gave away two 50-meter penalties. <laughs> so he was actually on track for a very fucking decent score, gave away the two 50-meter penalties, then got subbed out on a 49 from 50% game time. 
you take away those 50-meter penalties, I'm just going to even exclude that shot on goal that he should have nailed, and you're looking at a fucking decent score from 50% game time. I reckon he plays a full game. I reckon he plays a full game next. They've said that he's going to play a full game. Fuck yes. Here we go, boys. Longmuir said that he's going to be unleashed against Melbourne. Yes. Um, He then has two weeks to recover before a game against Richmond at Optus Stadium. Yes. I can bring him in this week, Dano, and I am very tempted to. Well, I've already got him. And, yeah, it's... He and to be honest, I've been fiddling with my team with him, and I like you can flick him up forward, you can flick him on field in the middle. Like he he's the ultimate M nine F seven right now. And if he goes back to playing full and he's playing fucking fit and firing and shit, oh my god! And like, at this price point, Dano, it's way too juicy. You. If he gets injured in six weeks, it doesn't really matter because you treat him like a cash cow and you can downgrade him and upgrade somewhere else. There's way too many positives for me. Way too I many positives. T- I can turn Chin Cotter and Roberts to Eddie Ford and Nat Fife. You got Bailey Humphrey? Yes, of course. You do. I don't. I This this was my move. I actually opted for five over. I went for five over Humphrey, but I'm okay with that. I'll live with that. <laughs> I'll live with that. Yeah, I just think Nat well, Fife... That's not a great move, but... Well, one of them could end up being a keeper and the other one ends up being a cash cow and I have to ch- use two trades to get him in and out where I've just used one trade to get Nat Fife in. I think Fife's a keeper in the sense that, as you said, F7, M9, swing him around. That's what I mean. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's your, he's your injury cover. And that and that way, like if it comes to six weeks' time and, and Patrick Cripps misses a week because he's... Um, no, injured his, his fucking tampon string. Um, <laughs> then Nat, Nat Fife can come in and cover him for a week. And if he's scoring 80s, that's that's fine because that's what Cripps is scoring anyway. Um, if Jordan Nago <laughs> is on, on barley leave, then you can just swap him in, you know? I want to make a fucking clip out of that whole section that you just did there. Your fucking Pato rant. <laughs> Oh, my God, that was gold. Oh, shit. Uh, fuck, that, that's one way to fucking finish off the trading options. Let's go to questions, Pato. Just in all seriousness, um, yep. everyone's playing around with their teams this week, obviously. Just see what your team looks like with that five on the bench. Um, and there's something something real juicy about that four-letter F-word that's uh, just just even even at his age and injury history um, just, just makes you moist. It does, it does. Anyway. Question time. So, first one. I'm going to go with Facebook first. So, Baden goes, do I bring in Sarong or Chase Points and hope he keeps going with with Butter? I think he means Butters. Well, hang on. Do I bring in Sarong or Chase Points and hope he keeps going with Butters? Also tempted to fork out a little extra for track with no Clary could dominate even if they drop some games. Cheers, boys. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> So does he fork out uh, so the money with, for track or does he bring in Sarong? With the recent news about Sarong, I'd be keeping clear of that, just just seeing how that plays out. Um, if you mean going butters, um, I think you got to ignore the price tag and just bring him in because he's scoring ridiculously. Um, the only caveat is, like, he's scoring, like, he's 620K, which is pretty fucking nuts, with a break-even of 33, playing against Richmond this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, like the guy is very injury prone. That's the only thing. I have a feeling he means he hopes he keeps going like butters. Like, yeah, I I don't know. The wording's weird. I don't mind track, but I feel like that you shouldn't be pay- paying over 600K for primos at the moment, Pato, given the nature There's of the game. There's plenty of value out there. There's yeah, way too much value. Um, Ryan, oh, he's back. We've missed you, Ryan. He goes, my golden retriever is getting constant chronic ear infections. Does he keep oh, spending the money because he loves him or does he put him down? You got to, you got to, just like the the GIF that got um, sent in response, you, you've got to. like uh, Pay the money. You've got to. Do you just call it a GIF? Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Bullshit. Is it a the GIF? Creator, the creator of the GIF came out and said it's pronounced GIF. So I can clean my stovetop with a GIF? Well, not with the one that William posted, but you can probably get some Jiffy and clean your stovetop. Fucking hell. 
I'm still saying GIF. Um, <laughs> Jono says, I've got Humphrey, Weddle, Mitchell, and Ashcroft as his only rookies on field. Fucking well done. All still with money to make this week. Should he burn a couple of trades to bring in, say, Eddie Ford and then upgrade Liam Baker to Stewart? Or hold off on trading for the week? 16 left pre-trades. I'd hold. Oh, Jono, you are in a brilliant position. Fuck um, oath. I would see what Liam Baker's role is under McWalter um, mm. and just hold your trades. Like, you've, you just, yeah, sit pretty, watch everyone else get down to fucking 10 trades like everyone else in the community and um, just, yeah, watch them, watch them be silly with their trades. Yeah, that's some good shit. Good shit. Now, I'm trying to find your fucking – oh, here we go. Your Twitter post. Here we go, Pato. So, Twitter – um, Nerds for Life Supercoach says, this trade only if Clary is out for one to two weeks or plays. This picture or this, same trade outs, but trade-ins are Sicily and Cameron, uh, Sicily and Cam Fleeton slash James. Oh, what the fuck? There's too much to unpack. Okay. So <laughs> only if Clary is out, he wants to do this trade. So it's Samson Ryan and JVR out for Sinclair and Wardlaw in or... The other options for trade-ins are Sicily and either Cam Fleeton or James O'Donnell. Now, it depends on the buyers, but I would be, if I'm ignoring buy structures, I would lean towards Sinclair and Wardlaw. Now, it's bad, Pato. I don't even know who the fuck James O'Donnell is. Really? Simon O'Donnell's son. He got plucked out of playing cricket from Western Bulldogs. Oh, the fucking winger. Played 35 days of VFL as a Category yeah. B rookie and got plucked in. He's a 102K defender, but he's been scoring like 20s in yeah. lots of time. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Yeah, no. No, no. Um, so you like the Sinclair Wardlaw one? I like the Sinclair Wardlaw one. Um, but you got to – surely you wait a week. Anyway, Nathan I would, I would do it this week. I would oh, do yeah? it this week because Ryan and Van Ruin are bleeding cash. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Anyway. Nathan Scobel, okay, Scobie Bryant. Oh, here we go, Pato. Afternoon, Cocosauruses. Seeing as the pig Clary is injured, is the optimum move to split him and a mid-pricer, i.e. Stocker, into two primos, thinking steel and merit. P.S. When will Carlton, Carlton get relegated to Auskick so they can play some teams of equivalent skill level? <laughs> I think we should relegate Carlton and West Coast to the Auskick and we can might see some competitive games. Fuck. I actually, and I said hold Clary, but Steele and Merritt. That's and the I, thing, Dana. Mm. If people go a little bit down from him, they can turn him and a, a fattened rookie into two premiums. And I think Steele and Merritt are great. But, like, at a similar price point, you've got Sinclair, you've got Sicily, you've got a Brayshaw that we mentioned. Um, no one's touching Crips at that price, but, you know, you've got a lot of really good value at that price. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it now I'm thinking about it. It's an aggressive move, and you're probably resigned to the fact that you're not getting Clary back in. But once you do a hammy, like, you're, you're a chance at redoing it. Mm. Okay, Pat, Just I, got, Josh Kelly. I got the fucking biggest fucking tongue twister coming up. So, hello, Frank Wanker from National Tiles, is it? Sure. <laughs> he goes, if I captain a vice captain, then put the captain on the bench with the emergency on both the captain, vice captain, and bench player in the same position and also put the captain on the cheapest player on the field, question mark. I was waiting for the actual question. No, nah, this is a shit post because um, you can't put a captain on the bench. So, Frank Walker, um, <laughs> Walker on. Well, the funny thing is I, there was actually an example where I did it in one week and I said, look at the pretty colours. And it was Nick Madden, captain, and it was, oh, Sean Darcy, vice captain, and then on the bench with the emergency was Rowan Marshall. So that maybe that, or it's just a shit post, one or the other. Um, Ian goes, do you think Nat Fife plays a full game this week? Well, Pato says apparently they've announced that he will and they'll unleash him against Melbourne. Thinking of bringing him in as bench cover at 240-odd thousand. I fucking say let's go. Yeah, Lloydie, I know you're still scarred from my uh, Barras call, but this one can't go wrong, I don't think. Oh, um, no, 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 oh, no he's cursed him. it. Now I've mozzed him. Fucking mozzed him. Oh, Pato, why you well, do this? We're going down together. So, short, like, I can't, honestly, like, injury aside, 
I don't I don't see how it can go wrong. Even if he just gets through the buys and then you fucking flick him off if he gets injured. Mm. Um, by the way, King Supercoach has pointed out to me that um, my stamp of approval this year, I've used it once and it's been shit. Um, and when I used my stamp of approval, um, Darcy Parrish didn't end up playing. So no one traded him in, thank God. But I want to test a theory here, Pato. If I put my stamp of approval on a player and they don't play, I'm hoping another player comes in. So I'm going to put my stamp of approval on Ryan Angwin from the Giants. Oh, <laughs> and Pato knows why I'm doing this. Because <laughs> I want to see if I put my stamp of approval on Angwin, he gets dropped for Josh Faye. I just want to see if it happens. <laughs> anyway. We're not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week, we give you guys VC and C options to set your team apart from the rest. So, Pato, without further ado, Friday, 26th of May at the SCG, the Sydney Swans take on Carlton. Who you got in this one, and why is it Errol Goulden? Uh, I mean, (laughs) yeah. I mean, he got tagged for a 96, so that's not horrible. Um. Luke Parker and Chad Warner averaging the similar amount, the 113. Something Could tells me Walsh is going to go nuts in this game. You reckon? Yeah. Playing. What did he score on the weekend playing the 90-odd percent mid? 92. So he scored his lowest amount playing yep. majority mid. Yeah. He averages 106 at the SCG in three games. I find that baffling that he'd average his lowest amount in the middle. Just, just like Mills isn't playing, so he, I, I can't see him getting a hard tag. But I think there's better VC options on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Errol Gould has only played Carlton once, um, so I can't really, yeah, look too much into that one. I'm gonna quickly look up Luke Parker though, because for, for some reason I feel like he plays well against Carlton, and it's just a hunch. Let's see if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, no, he goes okay against Carlton. Not fantastic. Like 112s, literally two 112s. But, yeah, I think you're right. Um, what about Doherty off a halfback slash hybrid role? Yeah, don't mind it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you don't like Crippy, uh, Cripper. I fucking I hope he does well. I'll just be happy with a 100-plus score, to be honest, as an owner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll go on to Saturday. So, St Kilda versus Hawthorne at Marvel, Pato. Now, we've said VC Sicily for obvious reasons, and, yeah. Anyone else? Jackson I like Clint? Sinclair also, yeah. Yeah. Only if he's playing that defensive role, that halfback role. Um, Sinclair last three games, 102, 135, and 108 um, against Hawthorne. So pretty solid. Pretty solid. It's not screaming out, pick me as a VC, though. Yeah. Anyone else? Not from that game. Don't like Steel. Don't think he's back. It could be worth a cheeky VC, but I think I think they'll probably put Nash on him. Yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. Good point. Oh, moving on. Melbourne versus Frio at the MCG. What is Christian Petrarca and his scoring like against Fremantle? Ooh. I feel like they just send an H to him. I th- I feel like you can't really tag Petrarca at the moment. Well, Frio did it last year for 53. That is true. They also conceded 134 at Optus Stadium. Yeah. Against him. So, yeah. So you said Andy Brayshaw has a really good. Yeah. Um, what is it? Let's have a quick squeeze at this right now 138, 100, 125. So, yeah, not bad. Not bad. And Decent Melbourne have chance. actually been conceding really big scores to midfielders. So, let's say Caleb's wrong is fine and he's just. On light duties. They said that um, something happened against Geelong um, late and he's been train- trying to train through it. So let's say he's fine. Do you reckon Sarong? We're talking VCs. Yeah. I mean, Melbourne gave up scores of 184 and 140 to opposition midfielders as well as a 123 and a 110. Mm. And that's with Scott Lysett tapping them the ball. Can I just say, do you know who scores really good against Melbourne? <laughs> God, who? Nat Five. Luke Ryan. Oh, fuck. Stop it. <laughs> one, ten, I want to find a way to get Nat Five on my field, but I don't know if I can. Oh, he's on my field. He's on my field. I'm I'm just going to, yeah. It's him or Phillips for me. Oh, yeah, that's actually tough. 
You know who's been disappointing? Sam Simpson. What the fuck, man? Yeah, he's in the doghouse now. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Sam Simpson, moving on to Geelong versus Giants at GMHBA Stadium. G-bung. Tom Stewart's always a shout at Alphabet Stadium. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. Surprisingly, though, he doesn't score big against the Giants. Probably because the ball doesn't go down there that much. <laughs> yeah, Leon Cameron used to always spend a bit of time forward press uh, forward tagging as well, which won't happen this year. Yeah, yeah, um, mm, yeah. Trying to think of anyone else. Tom Green. Do they really have a matchup for him? Are you so filthy that you traded him out? Yeah, <laughs> his lowest score's been ninety-seven. <laughs> I can't even remember. I should try and find my history. There it is. Who I traded him in for? Where's trade history? Was it was it after the Hawthorne game where he got the back to back nineties? I feel it like was, it was. Um, no, it was when he it was suspended. Yeah, so he had the back to back nineties and then uh, missed round six. Oh no, round- Dano, Dano, Who, no! It was Tuke Miller. Oh, savage! And then I, and then I turned Tuke Miller into Jordan Degoe. Oh, savage! Yeah, um, I have. I'm just. When did I'll I'll look back at that at the end of the year and I don't I don't think Tom Green has actually played full mid against Geelong. Hang on, I'm just double checking. Um, it was and Geelong are decimated at the moment. Max Holmes went down, which we didn't mention in the injury segment. Yeah, we might a have second. to throw Jeremy Cameron in there. Bear with me a second. I am. Where's Where's the guff at? Is he playing? So round eight was there. Oh, Geelong got fucked on their injury report, so they got short-term, medium-term, long-term fucking... Yeah. Hang on, I'm just seeing... Okay, so... Nah, he did play full mid against Geelong last year, sorry. Oh, and he got 96. There you go. Um, mm. <sighs> no, well, I should put my money where my mouth is with that one and just do it. So, v- VC. Giants did... Did concede 160 to Jack Sinclair playing in defence last week, and they also conceded 113 to Wangaloo Malira and 109 to Cal Wilkie, who's a very similar player to Tom. Yeah, Stewart, so Tom so. Stewart, huge shout then. Yeah, yeah. So realistically, you're looking at if you've got Sicily or Stewart, either one of them as a VC or like a. It all it all yeah. depends on when your non-players are because Sydney play Friday night, so you can't use Roberts as your loophole. Yeah, the Giants play this game. So if you've got Madden, you can't use oh, him. Oh, yeah, true. Even if Bytel doesn't play, he plays Saturday afternoon, first game Saturday. You're right. Charlie Constable plays Saturday night, so you can maybe use him if he's not in the 25. But if Imagine he's if like, he is. <laughs> and could be the sub. Like, you wouldn't want to risk that. Um, Harry Sharp, I mean, we'll know about by Friday, but I, I'd say he's at least in the 23 if he gets moved to a sub role. Like, oh. it's, it's a tough one. It's really... Realistically, you're going to have to go early on your VC. and ooh. Yeah, you might have to. Yeah. Good point, Pato. Oh, well, anyone else from the I'll Giants? I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm going to, I reckon Green will go all right. I reckon Green will go all yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, that, that Cats midfield is depleted. Yeah. Hopefully Cogs as well. Yeah. I'd like him to pop off. And I can, um, I can see him actually having a good month with no Kelly in the team. I think... Um, mm. Oh, no, it was the two weeks that Green missed um, that Cogs went real big. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gold Coast versus Western Bulldogs, T-R-O. Who you got in this one? Uh, Boylton Pally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awkward, awkward ruck, ruck matchup if you're thinking of my, of English. Oh, yeah. So can I just say, how underrated has Jared Witts been this season? Oh no, yeah, he's he's been killing it, um, scoring wise. So actually, a really big POD as well. Yeah, um, we, we should have probably been mentioning him... him more because, yeah. like, he gives you that bike coverage as well. I'm just going to um, mention him now. Lazy one fourteen. I'm going to have. I'm going to say it now. So Jared Witts five eighty eight k break even ninety five. Um, average score of one hundred and fourteen. Three round average one hundred and nineteen. Yeah, and last year he got a one thirty one against the Western Bulldogs. Yep, only, only two had... scores below 100 um, and none under 91. Yeah, solid. Really yeah. underrated as fuck. Um, so good captain shout there, Pato, to be honest. 
I, I think they kind of cancelled themselves out. Although they did get, he did get a one thirty one against them last year, but I'm not sure if English played then because that was around when he was had his concussion issues, mm. I believe, in round ten yeah. last year. Yeah, the bond, the bond. Now West Coast versus Essendon, Pato. Who you got in this one, if any? Sam Draper. <laughs> oh, 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 Sammy Draper. Who the fuck has Sam, Sam Draper? <laughs> Imagine if he's in more teams than Wits. Fuck, I want to find out now. Hang on, yeah, hang on. 10.2% have Jared Oh, no, he's in, he's in about 400 less teams. Bullshit. They're both in 10% of teams. 10.2 and 10. So you're telling me that 0.2% more people have Wits than Draper. Yeah, right. That's fucked. Yep. Yeah, anyway. Jesus. Um, if there's any Draper owners listening, um, chuck the C on him. Why not? <laughs> no. No. If he pops off this like that's fucked. Um, I actually, even though people Sound are worried like about- that one, don't you? <laughs> okay. If he goes 140 plus this week- Here we go. Yeah. I'll bring back the blender challenge. Oh, God. No, and I'll be, <laughs> and I'll be sick. The <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> yeah. uh, the old blender challenges, fuck. Um, I don't mind Zachy Merritt, even though everyone's worried about the O'Neill tag. I yeah, I'd be steering clear personally, just because Merritt has been susceptible to a tag. Um, well, he's the only one they've got at the moment. Yeah, so then if they do tag, it'll be Merritt, obviously. Yeah, Sunday Richmond versus Port Adelaide. Rosie, Butters, Wines, Port you Francis. Said wines is a captain option. I oh. did. That's yeah. That's how shit oh. our midfield is. Oh. Dylan Williams, like the one that got away. Oh. Yeah. I'm still filthy on that. Fucking. Oh. Anyway, yeah. Timmy Taranto. Yeah, no. No, I think Willem Drew will probably spend some time head to head on him. Yeah. Okay. This next one. <laughs> Marvel Stadium, first versus 17th, Collingwood versus North Melbourne. Disco Dacos. I feel like it's a Disco Dacos versus, and you're going to hate me for this, Jack Siebel. Although, in saying that, will North Melbourne play Jack Siebel? Like, he did He did play that Seagull role, didn't he? Because the first game they had away, which is a worry, we should probably talk about this. Harry Sheasel played forward, didn't he? And midfield. And he still scored healthy. And Zeeble did not score healthy. Like, he got in the 80s, but... Yeah, but Aaron Hall played. And there's a direct correlation, always. Yeah, they had literally the same same number of disposals. Although, I feel bad. Like, Zeeble got 95 AFL fantasy. Anyway. Yeah. Um. I mean, Sheasel could score well. You wouldn't put the captain on him. Nah. Although... Um, if you own Jordan to Goey, <laughs> I think he might have a nice, juicy game. Hmm. Because he'll be matched up against a Wardlaw or a or a Phillips type. Yeah, Disco Dacos. I feel like that. I feel like yeah. I got I got the Darcy vibe. Darcy Moore, here. anyone? Oh, we spoke about him as a POD <laughs> last week. Yeah. Uh, anyway, had a lazy one fifty one last round. Yep. Yep. Had hundred and thirty against them two years ago. Yep. Yep. Move on to. Another round with some hardcore captain options, and that's Adelaide versus Brisbane. Last game of the round at Adelaide Oval. I feel like it's going to be... As Jordan Dawson's kind of dropped off a bit at the moment. A bit disappointing. Um, Breakevens 173 as well. Um, him or Laird, but I'd be more inclined with Laird or, to be honest, Dunkley. Laird, yeah, has a really good last couple uh, of games against Brisbane since he moved into the midfield with... 142 and 129. Um, I don't mind the Dunkley shout either. Um, 142 against them last year when he was still at the Bulldogs. Um, has a three-round average of 135. So it has that stealing that you really want. Um, and if Adelaide do, they haven't really been tagging, honestly. And the other thing with Dunkley is Mr. Consistent, he's only dropped below 100 once. And, yeah, I just... I feel like he's a good, consistent pick. Um, Neil's all over the fucking shop. Um, Neil can only play at the fucking Gabba at the moment. All of his good scores are from the Gabba. So, you know, Dunkley's only in sixty-nine percent of teams. Surely he'd be in more than that. I would have thought so as well. Fuck. Started off under six hundred k, Dana. Yeah, 
Wasn't it? I I said that he could end up being the one that averages the most this year. He's not going to get yeah, there. He still might though. No, he's one hundred and sixteen point eight average, and you got the Bont who's one twenty eight, and Bont's had one absolute fucking mirror of a game. <laughs> yeah, see, I think Bont and Pally is probably going to manage this knee injury during games. So his price, his scoring will probably dip a little bit. Um, and if Dunkley keeps up a one twenty one thirty average, like it, it could even out. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. You know, Lib is the fourth highest averaging player in Supercoach. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking hectic. You know, Dunkley's up there. He's listed as eighth most highest average. So, yeah, he could be right. Anyway, Pato, what's your Twitter handle? At P A T O S Triple C. And mine is at D A N E O S Triple C. So, from us at the Supercoach co captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing. Fuck off. And Q Pato's cough. He didn't cough.